Hello and welcome to Roundnet Legends, a Lefty on Two podcast. I'm your host, Mike White, and I'm excited for what I have to share today. Uh, if you are new to Roundnet Legends, welcome. Uh, and this show is, as the title says, we talk to Roundnet Legends, players and community members, to learn more about them, learn about their journey, and pick their brain on some topics that you may not get uh, just from the surface. Uh, and today's episode is... Uh, I think a very indicative one of what we set out to do, and we're going to learn about the past of Travis Core. You may have seen him this year on the scene as half of sloppy seconds, some tournament wins, uh, number one for a brief period of time. But Travis has had a very long career, started back in 2016, broke out in 2017, and had a pretty interesting 2018 as well. And kind of what we discovered during this conversation is that he sort of goes through this natural arc of a player that's a little bit different than you may have seen. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun to, to dig in and we kind of reflect at the end uh, about that arc. But Travis and I, the reason I wanted him on this podcast is that him and I at tournaments have really strong talks uh, and discussions about things outside of just the, the game and the sport of round net. Uh, we talk about kind of the outside of it, how it affects your life, your mentality, uh, being a, you know, a player with these tournaments and traveling, how it affects your life. And we didn't really get into that in this episode. This is more about Travis's story turning into the OG serve baller. Uh, but that's why we're going to do a part two. And in that, we hope to do a little deeper of a dive and kind of just have a chat similar to what we do at events. Before we get into this, I'd like to encourage you to follow Lefty on 2 on Instagram, that is where you can keep up with all things Lefty on 2 and don't miss anything. Everything we do gets released there. With all that said, we are going to start right in the middle here, and Travis is going to tell us about how he first heard of RoundNet. So I guess it goes back to even like my college basketball days. It's really funny. I was playing college basketball, and the school that I played for um, had a big rec an outdoors center and I did a ropes course. I was a ropes course facilitator. So people would bring mm. spike ball, the ropes course and stuff like that. And I'd kind of see people playing. I was kind of like, I don't know. It looks kind of fun, I guess. And then the person that was in charge of the ropes course was like, Travis, you really should play this game. This would be a lot of fun. And I was like, absolutely not. Like that looks ridiculous. So you would just watch people play it? Yeah. I was up on the, I was up on the, the zip line, just watch people play. And then she, they had, they held a tournament like on the back, like in, in our, like our big rec field and stuff like that. And I was, she was like, yeah, come out and, you'll dominate this game. And I was like, no, like absolutely not. And so I never played it at North Georgia where I played basketball. And then I went to university of Tennessee, Chattanooga for my graduate school studying physical therapy. And, uh, one of my classmates played ultimate Frisbee. Uh, he played in the AUDL. He played for the national night watch at the time. And, um, they would bring spike ball and kind of play and they'd have a big community thing. And he was like, they brought it out one day at lunch. And uh, I remember it was after a test that we took and I was really pissed because I thought that the test was pretty, pretty bogus with all the uh, content that they put on there. So I went to the gym, worked out, came back and everybody was outside because <laughs> I finished in like 15 minutes and like everybody knew that I was pissed. So I went to the gym, worked out, came back. And when I came back, they were all like out waiting for the next class to start playing spike ball. And I was like, eh, why not? Like I'll play. And I was like, this is kind of fun. And then we started playing it pretty much every day at lunch, pretty, you know, casually, like competitively, like mm -hmm. gentlemen serves, didn't play pockets. Like if pockets, we just redid every single pocket on, on rallies and stuff like that. And, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. Right. And then, um, 
and then you know i kind of uh heard about it that we probably maybe did that for like two or three months and then the so you went from saying I, I don't want to play that to playing like every day every day because i didn't really have anything i wasn't going to practices i didn't have like a competitive outlet and so this was kind of neat to kind of go play and, and it was a good way to get out of the classroom i mean we were in eight hours of class a day pt school was pretty strenuous class-wise so i was like i need to blow off some steam physically so i um so I did that. That was probably in like the spring of 2017. So like that was like 2017. Mm -hmm. um, go through the summer. And then, um, you know, we didn't really play as much because we had our clinical rotation. So I was out. You mean 2016, I believe. 2016. You were correct. Because yeah. it was uh, 2017. Was when I, I was about to say, so you started playing spring of 2017. That'd be uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, no. So spring of 2016 was when I just started kind of playing some casual and where were you at the time that was in chattanooga okay so i was playing and we were, we were playing in a basement so we played off walls we played um off the ceiling like we played it was like basically like racket spike and uh, it was pretty fun but the walls were not symmetrical they were like hallways that we could hit it down so people were like setting preferentially to hit it down hallways oh and my stuff. Goodness. it was kind of it was kind of dude i wish there was yeah. video of it because there were some bizarre plays that happened mm -hmm. um and uh, so, so playing and then clinicals happened and I really wasn't like playing that much over the summer, but somebody and somebody at the clinic was like, Hey, like there's a spike ball tournament. It was like, they showed me USA spikeball.com. And they were like, there's a spike ball tournament. And I was like, dude, this is kind of crazy. Like there's a tournament in Chattanooga. Like I'm an athlete, like I'm playing college basketball. I'm going to go out here. I'm just going to grab this buddy from mm -hmm. uh, ultimate Frisbee. We're going to go out and dominate. And it turns out this tournament was pretty stacked. And I had no idea it had, uh, the Chiswick brothers played. Cam and Tyler played as uh, Force Friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Bolivia was there when Bolivia was a top five team. Uh, Harding, Brumby was there. Uh, Micah Corbett was there. And, and there was a couple other people that were there that were pretty, pretty high level. And I had no idea. I was just like, eh, whatever. And there, so there was power pools and stuff. And I was in like the non-power pool. And uh, Did you have an understanding of what you were coming into at all or what you walked into? Like how soon into it did you realize so what this I, was? So I had not watched, that was pre me watching a lot of content on Drew Chizik's page. So I hadn't watched a lot. So I had no idea who any of these people were. I literally just walked in and was just like, whatever. Um, I knew how to hit, I knew the game, I knew how to play. And like, I had a good instinct with like left and right hands and stuff like that. I had, you know, but like, Dude, I would do dinky little drop shots like to try to trick people. And when you play in tournaments, that just doesn't fly. I had no serve. I gentleman served every single time. In fact, in my first game of pool play, I, I faulted every single serve. I did not hit a serve on. And we ended up losing 25-24 on the cap with me. What, were, what serve were you trying to do? Uh, like uh, that. And you're just faulting. Just wasn't faulted working. I just sucked. I wouldn't even hit it hard. I didn't know how to hit it hard. I didn't know you could hit it hard. <laughs> I didn't know the rules. I was, just, I didn't know like the, or not the rules. I didn't know the, mm -hmm. the depth or the intricacies that you could do in this game. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up losing and then we won all the rest of our games with pool play. And then we played a crossover match and then we won that crossover match or no, no, no. We lost a crossover match. So we kept our, our pool seed. And then um, I don't remember who we played in the crossover match, honestly. And then we played and then we ended up matching up with Bolivia in the, quarterfinals so i'm into the quarterfinals and there was i think like 50 some teams there so it was pretty mm -hmm. good i was like yeah, you made it to the quarterfinals yeah I and mean, i mean like we played um we played some teams that were like not real relevant but like we did play like steven welch who was um mm -hmm. playing with andrew at the time like he had played with andrew so like he had known them and everything and um so we, we beat i think we either beat them in pool play or beat them in bracket play i don't remember but we we matched up with uh with bolivia in the in the quarterfinals and i was like okay like 
they were like, dude, like people were coming up to me and they were like, you're playing Bolivia. Are you nervous? And I was like, who the frig is Bolivia? I was like, I don't know who these guys are. And they were like, it's those two guys over there. And I'm like, oh, those guys? And I was like, cool. Like, I mean, that's, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I also watched them play and you know how casually they play like during pool play. So like they didn't even like some of the stuff didn't register to me. Like obviously mm-hmm. like some of my like arrogance, like with, with, with collegiate athletics definitely get the best of me, but even watching them play, like they weren't, they were, they were messing around in pool play. This was like a pre Southeast regionals tune up for them. So they were kind of, mm-hmm. they were dinking around thinking like, how can we get ready for Southeast regionals? Cause this was the year they were supposed to win. And, uh, so I was like, all right, whatever. And uh, so they beat the brakes off of us. I mean, David was tweening. They were kicking the ball off the net. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I, I, I had no idea what was going on. And uh, if you if you, if you you go find some of – I think it's on How to Run Net Plus now. If you go to this Chattanooga tournament in 2016, I'm not in one of the games, but you can watch some of the games, and I'm in the background, and I'm just looking like a complete bot. I mean, I just look – I look brainless, like – you see me hit some good putaways, but then you see me like I'll serve and then not move. Like I'll just I'll serve and not move. I'll just and they'll just hit it the other way, and I'm like I don't uh-huh. know how to defend this. Mm-hmm. Or, or like I'll hit it on two or like dink it right to them or something. Like I just had no real yeah. depth to my game, no no anything. Uh, and so I go up to David after the game because I was mortified that I got to be like 21 to nine, 21 10 in a in a in a game, and I was like this is unacceptable. And uh, this was kind of to. Going into this tournament, I kind of thought it would just be like, oh, I'll just play, like have fun, like compete, like maybe place well. And then like I didn't have any plans after that because I had no idea what mm-hmm. competitive round net or competitive spike ball was. But this no, was just a weekend no activity, plan. right? This was a weekend activity. I had no idea. I actually went hiking right after that. And like <laughs> like I just had no idea. Like we went and like yeah. picked up my dog, my wife, and we just went hiking. And it was just like a thing. And I was, it was just a part of my Saturday at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to David after the game and I was like, all right, dude, like you're nuts. How do I get better? And he was like, well, first off, you need to go play with better people. You need to hit on three pretty much every single time because you'll hit on two. And then Mm -hmm. you need to work on your serving and setting and skills and hitting. You just need to go like, you need to hit more. Like you Mm -hmm. need to work on your service, work on your hitting, work on that. And if you play with better people and go play with Andrew Card, he introduced me to Andrew because he was the tournament director at the time. It was actually Scenic City's last tournament because then he played with Corey Heck after that. Right. So it was like the farewell to Scenic City um, for that tournament for him, too. After his first tournament, like most of us, Travis really caught the bug for round net. I literally, I didn't have a spike ball set, so I didn't know what to do. I just borrowed my buddies, and I just set it up downstairs in the PT building and just hit against it every day, every single mm-hmm. day. If people didn't want to play, that was fine. If, if I stayed, my wife worked night shift as a nurse at the time. And um, if I would stay after school and study a little bit, because I had to in order to pass that first semester, this first couple of semesters, because it was pretty strenuous, I would stay and study. But like if I'd study for like an hour and a half or so, I'd go down and just hit. And I'd just mm-hmm. hit for like 30 or 45 minutes and like literally look like Forrest Gump up against the ping pong. Uh-huh. And I was just one, two, three, boom, one, two, three, boom, one, two, three, boom. And then I'd line it up, stand six feet back, boom. And then that's when I really started finding video and, and stuff. And I started watching mm-hmm. people and I was like, oh, like there's like, there's layers to this game. Like it's not mm-hmm. just like, spike off net it is like no there's setting there's hitting there's different shots there's serves that you can do there's flangos there's all this stuff and i was like okay this is kind of crazy so i did follow i did follow the nationals a little bit i didn't watch it i don't think there was a live stream at the time but i watched it pretty quickly after and i was like the finals obviously that finals with two guys versus chico was one of the craziest finals Mm -hmm. ever some people think it is and and it was just nuts watching it and people really weren't serving but like 
that's when Troy started really kind of like ripping angles. Yes. That yeah. Like first time first, we saw the pseudo cut. That was the first t- t- thing. And then I'd been playing with Andrew for a little bit, but before that we, uh, we went to this small little college tournament in, in UGA and it was the mm-hmm. first really official college tournament. And it was ran so strangely, it was like total point difference for the college won the, the tournament. So we did not play a bracket. We all lined up and played everybody from each different team. Oh. And the only people from UTC were me and this ultimate Frisbee guy named Paul Alley. And then there was like 10 teams from Clemson, like nine teams at UGA. And there was like mm-hmm. four from Western Kentucky. And so we just lined up and honestly, we beat the brakes off of everybody because we had been trained. Like I came back from that tournament that Andrew hosted and was like, guys, this is what we got to do. Here's how we get better. Here's, and then, and then our pickup in, in PT school, like mm-hmm. elevated to another level where we so were like, we were serving, at, yeah. hitting and everything. At that time, right. What, what is your goal? Did you want to be better just to win this? Like what was coming? I, what was inside I, of you? I'm just, I'm a psychopath and I can't stand losing anything. Like I just, I like, I'm not, I always joke that I'm not really good at anything. Like, I don't even think I'm really like a good physical therapist. I just think I just, <laughs> I just hate losing and hate being unsuccessful. So I'm like, I'm just going to get better at physical therapy or, or mm-hmm. basketball or spike ball. Like people always joke all the time. I remember talking with Addison Powers and then I'm coming back from a tournament. I was like, I don't really know how I'm still relevant because everybody else is reverse cutting and and pushing and lefty pulling and and all this stuff and i'm just like i just like scoring more points than everybody else so mm-hmm. i just wanted to be better at something i was just like it was just something to chase something to go after something to play and um you know so i so i just was like well, well i'll get better at this and then there's this college tournament let's go play in it and i thought andrew was going to play in it but i think he took the weekend off after, after nationals or something like that and um but we went down there and just we just beat the breaks off of everybody but before we went down there I, I asked Andrew I was like hey can we like come up and scrimmage you guys for like a, a like an hour or two and like make sure that we're ready and I want you guys to go like really hard because Andrew was super nice and inclusive and <laughs> trying to build up the the community at Chattanooga and I was like no no, no like go hard like yeah rip I'll, I'll come back I promise rip, I'll come rip, back rip everything and we beat me and this other guy beat him and Caleb Wood who was pretty good at the time a premier level player mm-hmm. going into that year we beat him like 21 to 14 and I mean, like, I like I haven't seen Andrew very mad much. Andrew was mad. that was the last game Andrew played that day. Like Andrew left. Yeah. There's like, there's something you know, right? There's something losing to someone you shouldn't lose yeah. to. There's yeah. something about it, especially, especially like, in round net. Especially if we like Dugs, because the guy that I was playing with was also very athletic, like very comparable athletically to myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Very similar, to like Dawson Morgan or somebody like that too. Like just an athletic looking guy, like pretty built. And we would like, we would, we would react and get some of these hands on some of his balls. Like we didn't body defense because we didn't know what that was. We would just run them down. Mm-hmm. And, and if we ran some of his like rocket shots off, like he was like, what, what is happening? Like, it was like, because back then people really weren't super sophisticated with their shots. They were good, but there wasn't the sophistication that there is now. So like you could really run down balls, get the ball back to the net and, and, and put it away. And we did. If you were things. good at running them down, you could. The, the booms weren't as the boobs weren't as far booms weren't as far as they were no, and even like your shots like you didn't hit the angles that you hit now like now like people rip an inside like pull and it's just crazy ripped and mm-hmm. you just yank it but then it was pretty much people hit middle net and just and they 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 line drived it but it yeah. was middle net so you could you could you could take that angle and cut it off mm-hmm. you can't take the angle now you have to basically body and try to trust your or roof it so, yeah yeah or roof it so it was a, it was interesting, but then we beat up on all of them and then nothing really came out of that. Like it was just such a small tournament. Like there was not a lot of big, big wigs there. There was people that were future big wigs. Like I think Patrick Chu was there. 
Um, some other people were there that played like Jeremy Lutz was there. Ben Landis was there. I think Brendan Ferrari was there. There was, there was a lot of people that were there, but they, it was like their first tournament too. So it was a very interesting thing. And then Andrew invites me to this like post nationals meetup in Knoxville at Brady Smith's house. And uh, he's like, yeah, you need to come up and play. Like, it'll be fun. He's like, I told these guys all about you. Like, you're, you're, you're like the, the best player. That you, he, he kept describing me to people. He'd introduce me. He's like, this is the best player you've never heard of. And I was like, all right, that's kind of yeah, cool. That's a nice and title. So, and then like the first game I played was again, is it was me and somebody versus like Harding and Micah. And I was like, I didn't know who these people were. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And they just, I mean, it was fun and they beat us, but it was competitive. And then, I remember playing Drucker in the next game and I was like, I'd never seen a serve come that fast before. And like, he was doing kind of that Troy serve where he just line mm-hmm. up a really powerful stance and just hit it really hard with his right hand and try to cut and yank that inside net. And that had never even come across my radar. Like I didn't even know you could hit it that hard. I didn't know you could stand and just swing as hard as you can and try to get an ace. I was like, Oh, like this makes tons. why don't I just do that? Yeah. So I went home and like literally the next day I was like, <laughs> cake like i was i was a fairly decent baseball player growing up i had a good live arm as a pitcher i was like i can hit it as hard as that 610 dude like i'm good mm-hmm. so i just lined up and just started freaking yanking the ball and then stuff kind of died down after that we played a little bit over the winter but then the college season kind of became a thing that next spring and mm-hmm. we hosted a sectionals at uh at UTC. And at the time, Andrew was committed to play with Micah Corbett after him and Corey finished up at nationals. And I played up at the meetup with him. And then I didn't really talk to Andrew. I really wasn't that close with him, but I ran into him on campus. And I was like, Hey dude, like, are we hosting a sectionals? Like, do you know anybody I could play with? Like, I'm kind of looking to like, that'd be kind of fun. Like, I think I can play in that. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you want to play together? And I was like, I felt like, dude, I felt like I was like, ran into like a like a star (laughs) he like recognized me i was like really like you want to play with me you want to play with me i was like yes i'll be there and so we went there and then we pretty much beat up on everybody and i think that's where we beat clark and tucker who were andrew's former teammates which was like Mm -hmm. i think a big hump for him because like they knew his game more than anybody Mm -hmm. and um and they played at you know ut knoxville because they teamed up after andrew was at chattanooga and they both went to knoxville so i think it was like a uh, a big thing for him so I think after that he was like no nah, I think I'm gonna play with Travis and then we went to the nationals up at Clemson and that's where we had a, a good thing it was the first college nationals ever and uh, we ended up matching up against Tyler Chiswick and Cam Chiswick against Force Friends in the semifinals mm-hmm. and and we kind of beat them pretty good like yeah. it was a pretty like and it was like one of those things to where like I know you were there playing, but there were also like some other people there that were kind of covering and like, it was like a legitimate spike ball event, like Jack Scotty Rainey. Yeah, Jack Scotty was like, there, right? It was like a thing. And I think Chris was, Chris Reuter was there and mm-hmm. like, they knew everybody, like they knew, like even Andrew knew everybody. And I still didn't know who any of these people were. Like I knew some yeah. of the smaller college people, but right. like, I didn't know any of the, like, I didn't know Dan, I didn't know Mike, I didn't know mm-hmm. Anthony, I didn't know I knew who Tyler was because I had watched him when he played with Ryan, and I knew that he, he probably was knew who his dad was before that. But yeah, because I knew his page, and then I, I was like super excited because I was yeah. like, "Oh, I hope I get to be on so, one of the. I hope I get to be in one of the um, videos. I hope I end up on his YouTube page." <laughs> I think this is where it it started, uh, where you were uh, described as inexperienced. Yeah, you know, coming in. Yeah, right. You probably were right. I one hundred percent wasn't. I think Andrew wrote the the preview, and he was like, "Listen, Travis is going to show out, but like." he's definitely going to be the least experienced good player there. And I, so I was like, you know, naturally I kind of just put that in the back of my head and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, 
thank you for that coach Andrew because uh-huh. uh, he knows what he's doing and uh, so I, I know when we played in that I was extremely motivated but then obviously we ran up against you and, and Dan and that was a really tough matchup for us and I think we were a little physically and emotionally drained after that win mm-hmm. and you guys definitely bested us and outlasted us and you know it was a learning experience for me because I mean I remember talking to you after the game and you were like bro you didn't do anything else you just hit it as hard as you could mm-hmm. and I didn't even I didn't have to watch out for a drop I didn't have to watch out for like a, anything I, I, I told I like, told you you needed variety right 100% you came into me after the game and you were like you never hit a lefty or anything at me like I literally just sat on your right and so I like Mm-hmm. Once again, these things that like mm-hmm. you told me and David Gonzalez told me and, and these people, they, they, they sit in the back of my head and I'm like, okay, I got to go mm-hmm. home and do work on that. Boom. The second place finish for easily Doug put Travis on the map and landed the team on the power rankings. However, they didn't play very much until they joined the tour series later in the summer. But then I kind of disappeared for a little bit. I didn't play very much. I, I was supposed to go to a couple tour stops, but things didn't work out. Um, travel and life-wise, and I ended up going to the Chicago Grand Slam on Mm -hmm. sand up in, and that was in August. So we're talking like April to August was like the next time that I was really. And and then, right, so this was you and Andrew, though, Easily Doug. Yeah, Easily Doug was formed with me and Andrew, and and, um, I got premier status from that college nationals and didn't play all your, did not play a single tour stop or nothing, and then showed up to the Chicago Grand Slam, which was basically the last tournament before regionals. And uh, I had no idea what to expect. I got on our plane, our flight got delayed. I got in at about 3 a.m., um, got to the, the the beach, and it was, like, extremely windy, like 30-mile-an-hour winds. Like I remember that. Crazy. That was so bad. And, and, like, I couldn't – and I didn't really – I'd never played on sand before. That was the first time I'd ever played on sand. I'd always played mm-hmm. on turf or grass or court. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what sand was. And so I had no idea what to do body-wise. Well, you were so inexperienced. I was extremely – I mean, I was like a baby. I was like an infant. I, I mean, it was literally, it was hilarious. It was hilarious how little I knew, but I'd watched a lot and I'd seen a lot. I'd been following the season much more closely. We had a pretty rough pool play. And then we ended up matching up against Chiswick Showalter in the round of 16 and losing to them. But I think that was the revenge yeah. tour for Chiswick Showalter because they yes. lost in Boston to Anchored. They crushed that tournament. And they, it was ridiculous. They killed everybody. That was when Tyler yeah. kind of just became the serving. He was a good yeah. server before then, but then he became, the, he became the server. And when you combine those two together, it just became unreal. Uh, but I thought we played them pretty, pretty well. Yeah, what did you, we what was that experience like playing Chiswick Showalter? Dude, I mean, as much, I mean, I think they beat us like 21 16, 21 17, or 21 16, 21 15, like something respectable, but they were definitely mm-hmm. in control. I mean, I think I had aces to start the two points of game one because I think I was like, that's the only way we're going to win is if we just go up and just hit a bunch of aces. Is but that like, on? Is that a strategy that you think a lot of people try and kind of get lost at, lost, lose their head sometimes? I don't think so. I think it's a good strategy to have. I know that's <laughs> one that Double Clutch had, I know that's one Fred liked. Going in, I think it's especially, especially when you think about playing, when you think about mind games, when you think about the mental side of things, and we talk about that a lot. I think um, if you can have that edge on people, uh, I think it's really powerful. So that's what I tried to do. I did it against Forge Friends at College Nationals, and I did it against Chiswick mm-hmm. Showalter. And I like firmly, I know Chiswick Showalter was easily the best team, and I mm-hmm. was clearly out of my headspace. But like I was in that game thinking, like we can win this, like. We, mm-hmm. we, can, we can win this game. And like, we probably had no business being in that game, but like, I was like fit emotionally and, and mentally, I was like, we can win this game. So they beat us, you know, we go to regionals. Basically I have two showings in the, the spike ball community. I have this like crazy, like 
huge like breakout performance at, at college nationals where I'm just ripping serves, acing. Right, beating Tyler and Cam was like huge. It, it was it was much bigger right, than Tyler was the best player in the world. Right, he was the number the one player in the world, and Cam yeah. was good too. Cam was not a chump. Like, Cam, was Cam was good. A top, he was Cam the top was forty top. Nama Bomb was a good team. They they went to the round of 32 at Nationals mm-hmm, that year. Mm-hmm, so he was mm-hmm. a top 30, 40, 50 player. So mm-hmm. he, they were fine. And 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 he was good. And like it was, but like I hit all these crazy banger serves and then go to, you know, Chicago. And I really didn't hit any banger serves against anybody, even in pool play and stuff. Yeah. And I just really wasn't doing anything. Um, and so I have these two showings, that big one and then one like kind of mediocre one where I, I mean we make it to the round of 16 losing just so Walter, but it wasn't that like they, they didn't know what to know of me. They thought I was just this myth at this point. And then the myth was kind of like diminished. And then we go right, into, right. and then we go into regionals. Uh, they're fine. And, right. Yeah. They're, they're going to be good. They're a top four team in regionals, but they're not going to be that great. And, and you know, I remember reading the preview and I'm like, okay, if I get called inexperienced like one more time, I'm going to freak out. So they're like, yeah, you know, they're going to, you know, maybe they may have a chance to win, you know, maybe third, but they're probably going to end up maybe fourth. If, if Travis is inexperienced. Yeah. Travis is going to have a tough time, but then, um at the time golden set was 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 the, probably the number one golden set was really they, good at the well, time they came out and they came in second against uh chizik showalter they made it through the bracket and, and made it to the finals against chizik mm-hmm. showalter so they came in but then i think harding got uh deployed due to a hurricane and um, yes national and eric, guard yeah and then eric zishka had to um recruit grayson ayers who was another really phenomenal player which i don't think they i mean i'm nothing wow. Harding or anything but i don't think they lost a lot like it was still like they were still the heavy favorites going in because Grayson I forgot about probably this. Grayson was probably voted the number one player in the Southeast the year previously. Mm-hmm. He didn't play a ton in 2017, but he was still probably like widely known as Grayson's had an interesting career. He's yeah. always been really good, but just kind of pops in and out. Yeah. You guys might know him um, listeners. Uh, Grayson has commentated a few times in the past That's few correct. years, commentated nationals uh, 2019 mm-hmm. uh, as well. Really strong Texas player. Some say, one of the inventors of the cut serve, but that's up for debate. Potentially. But so we definitely were, they were still the number one team. Then Bolivia was probably the number two team. And then we were the number three, I think, team at the time. And so we went through pool play. We actually struggled in pool play. We actually lost to Sonic Boom, or I think it was Unicorn Rampage. And it ended up giving us a good seed, ironically. And we ended up avoiding Bolivia and Grayson and Eric until the winner's bracket finals. So we actually played unicorn rampage sonic boom ben bunsey and and his partner uh in the semifinals and mm-hmm. we actually beat them pretty big and made some good plays mm-hmm. and, and handled them fine and so i think bolivia ended up beating eric and grayson in the the other semifinals and we played against bolivia and and we it was probably one of the andrew described it after the game as the most lopsided three game series he's ever seen because we were like killing mm-hmm. we killed we like killed him in game we like beat him pretty good in game one like maybe three or four breaks Game two, we were up like 20 to 17. And then, uh, and we had served, got, they got served back. And then Gus broke four times in a row and won. Mm-hmm. And it was just like game two was over. And then game three, I think we won like 21 to 13 or something like that. So it was just like a completely out of, it was like the point differential was still like huge. Mm-hmm. And then we waited. Grayson and Eric ended up beating uh, Bolivia in the finals. So Bolivia got third. And then we were, going to play Eric and Grayson and they were coming in like super confident because we played golden set at Chicago. And I think Eric was like, we're going to be fine. Like mm-hmm. I can handle this dude. Like Andrew's not really a threat. Like we're going to be fine. And 
I don't know what came over me in that game, but like that was probably, probably, and I know times are different because like <laughs> serve receiving back then versus serve receiving now is totally different and serve, you know, variety and stuff. But that was probably the best I've ever served matchup wise against somebody where like my serve plus minus was, was so high. Like I think I had like 10 or 11 aces. Mm-hmm. Um, Ridiculous. In like a two game, in a two game yeah. series. Yeah. And, and at one point I think I had, seven or eight in a row to where we were we were up like 11 to three and this was like mm-hmm. yeah like you hear people like Ryder and joe no but that didn't happen in 2017 that did not happen that didn't happen they didn't really do that i think they did they did in like early games like if they wanted to but like even like when they played origin because they were playing drucker and chris hornacek like mm-hmm. in the finals and they weren't beating drucker and chris by eight or nine breaks no and so like this was just like a, and i remember it was being periscoped mm-hmm. and it was the same day as west um regionals, regionals. Well. yep and so everybody from the west and like these other people that didn't make it were all like tuning into periscope and they were just like what is happening like what like wh- who who is this i remember like i remember watching it back a little bit and some of the comments from like Vinny and logan cornelius <laughs> were just like saying nonsense stuff like <laughs> like because i think i made a couple athletic plays too where like i jumped and tipped some or like mm-hmm. made like a like a like a speedy dive or something to get to something or and they were just commenting on the athleticism. And I think that was probably like where the athleticism and the, the serving really were, were showcased mm-hmm. really to the public eye, because I think even college nationals, it was still kind of like, well, it was low it was key. College. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't live streamed. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't on the big stage because it was college. They weren't even sure if it was going to be counted towards like elite points or mm-hmm. like four season points or anything like that. So like this yeah. was the big this was a big deal. So like once again we win that and 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 it was exciting. Yeah. But even then going into nationals, um, I think we needed to make it to the semifinals to get elite. I think we needed to make this, which is a tall order. I, I didn't know. I thought right. it was. I was like, yeah, we're gonna do it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm psycho though. Forever, like, right? Like, that year it was all. That was the first year of premier. So it was all premier teams in one division. It's like 58 yeah. teams. It was huge, and there was and and then obviously that one got canceled, and then re <laughs> re. Uh, rehosted yeah. and then indoors and it was like in a small indoor facility and like everybody was frustrated you couldn't wear cleats and there are teams that were injured and, and teams that were frustrated and stuff but eventually we ended up uh, making a huge run we ended up beating uh origin uh impact right chris impact. hornacek chris and patrick hornacek drucker and patrick drucker and they were like the number two team all year long i mean they mm-hmm. were like literally the team behind Chizik Showalter the whole time. Oh, yeah. They were always in the finals. You could argue two guys was was probably the number two And Strange. And Strange was maybe like in the top four or five as well. But that's the top four right there. But like Origin went to every single tournament that year almost. Mm -hmm. And every tournament that they did, every tournament that Chizik Showalter went to, they came in second. Every tournament that Chizik Showalter didn't go to, they pretty much won. Mm -hmm. So they they were pretty much the dominant team. And we got on their side. And I remember, uh, I was like, that was the team that we had to beat to get to the I think we needed to make it to the actually the quarterfinals. So it wasn't as tall. And we okay. played them in the round of 16. But Andrew was like extremely pumped. He was like, yeah, I feel really good about this. And I was like, you, you sure? And he's like, oh, no, this is before before he, them. Well, because I'm, talking, also, to be I'm honest, talking like when bracket is drawn at lunch, I'm they, like looking at it and I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, this is going to be you tough. and them were like you, them and Ruby were like the only like super strong teams on that side of the bracket the other side was like it was like buddy skyler chiswick showalter strange two Two guys guys. anchored uh anchored uh, vinny and jesse golden set like there was like probably like Uh the majority of the top 16 teams were on that side 
And so, I mean, obviously yeah. we got a good draw from like the totality of it, but that was our matchup. And he was like, oh yeah, like we're, we're good. Like this is, this is what we want. And then what serves were you serving up at the time? I had just really, really powerful, like just hit it as hard as I can. Then I had step out right. And then I had step out left. And then I had like a couple of Were you of fakes. doing fakes? So I, I feel like a, you I, were some of the, you were the early faker. I was some of, I would say I was probably the or, original I can hit it right or I can hit it left. Like I know like that tournament, Jarrett started hitting it left because he had a shoulder injury. And the mm. year previously, Preston hit some left because he had a shoulder injury. But I think right. I was one of the original, I'm a threat yeah. both ways. Like not like, oh, oh they're going to hit it with their mm -hmm. left because their right is pretty ineffective or their right is not as comfortable right now because it hurts. Like mm -hmm. I was one of the first that yeah. I could, I could stand yeah. there and go right or left. So um, I felt like. I hate to say this, but I remember that the first time I saw fakes was Dan McPartlin at yeah. 2016 so, so regionals. He did. He, he, did, did he, had the, a, he had a fake flango and then he hit the, it right. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So he actually had some fakes. Yeah. Um, but he he hit flangos. He didn't hit left. So yes. I would say I was probably the original ambidextrous serve baller. I would say so. And um and so it's really funny thinking about that because I'm thinking about how many aces I had last year and thinking about how many aces I had in college in. Do people think you are a? Do people think you're a serve baller? Because you you're like one of the OG serve ballers. I, I would say I'm the OG serve baller. Like yeah. if people want to get real technical because I was the first person that sucked at everything, <laughs> but like was relevant. Like could turn a game around just by hitting. A we, no, service. we were terrified of your, when we're playing them. We're like we'll be fine, but we just can't let them ace us a bunch. Yeah, like, that like was and the, that was un uncalled. That was. Not was, what you thought in 2017. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. It was weird. So, like, I would say I probably helped foster and create some of the madness that we see now. So, as much as I'm irrelevant from a serving <laughs> uh, conversation right now, you're welcome for all the things that the doors that have been open because. Or sorry. Or sorry if you're a, a, a spike ball round net purist and you're a, <laughs> a, a, a setter at heart. But so it's been funny to watch my career kind of flip flop between a, I hate these people who serve ball between. At the beginning, like serve ballers, made, serve balling mm -hmm. made me relevant and helped me help me to the top as fast as I could. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So I had I had and, and the wide step outs that I hit were like were crazy wide. Like they mm -hmm. were they were wider than anybody was hitting. Like I know people hit wide now, so like it's a thing. But nobody was really chasing that inside net like I was hitting at the time. It would happen, but like it almost happened inconsistently for a lot mm -hmm. of people. And I was like actively trying to hit it every single time, mm -hmm. my left or my right. Yeah. Um, so continue. So this matchup with the uh, origin. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, they were tough. I mean, we beat them pretty good in the first game. I think I had like four or five aces and we like, once again, that was strat. Like if I can come out because they'd never seen me before, they don't know who I am. I have this element of surprise and I'm like, if I hit my best serves early, like we'll steal game one. And then if I can get them thinking about my serves, maybe like switch up fakes, hit some lefties, something that they're not expecting. Maybe we can steal game two or game three. Like, I mean, like, obviously I was confident, but like realistically I was like, Dude, we're gonna have to steal this game. Like, I'm we're not as good as them. They're they're much more seasoned, experienced. You were thinking here. that? I was thinking we gotta steal a game. I was like, we mm -hmm. have to steal this series. Like they're they're a that's different from your from your early mentality of well, we no, I mean I, I felt that in Force Friends too. Like, I mean, yeah. I know I'm I, it was once I became aware of the community, I knew who on paper was supposed to win. Like my mentality versus my my uh approach are two different things like i know where i match up i'm i'm very aware of where my skills are but i mentally i have to lock myself into a confident play style mm -hmm. if i think i'm gonna lose i'm probably gonna lose like i'm not gonna play my best but if mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna win 
I'm probably going to elevate my game. I'm not going to be thinking about it as much, but I think like when you look at it from like a, an, an, uh, a step back, like, you know, where you are ranking wise and you know where you are skill set wise. Like I'm not stupid. Is it challenging to push that out? I, I think it can be for some people. I think, I think being a former collegiate athlete where like we were, uh, you know, a, a, a middle of the pack team in our conference and we were playing the number two team um, in the country, like uh, my freshman year, we played the number two basketball team in division two, uh, university of Alabama Huntsville. And they had a guy who became a future NBA player at the point guard position. And that was my matchup. And like, I remember watching them in college cause they recruited me and I was bitter. But once again, like these little like triggers in my mind, these, mm-hmm. I took it personally moments, the Michael Jordan moments that you see the memes that you see, like those things exist in my brain. And uh, I was like, man, like these guys messed up. They should have, they should have offered me. Like they should have, they should have tried to get me. And like, I'm going to make them pay Mm -hmm. for it. Like, this is not, this isn't right. And we played them in like the fourth or fifth game of my college career. And I'm a freshman. Like I'm not starting, I'm coming off the bench. Like I'm, I'm, I'm green. And there's this guy who's like an all American point guard on their team, averaging 20 and eight, eight assists and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh yeah, like I can take him. You just have to like, kind of, you almost have to, lock yourself into a mentality and I ended up having a really good game I think I ended up having 19 points and he ended up having six points and uh Mm -hmm. we beat we beat the number two team in the country and we were not very good like we were 11 we were (laughs) not very good I think we were 11 and 18 that year and Mm -hmm. they went to the NCAA final four or something like that so they were a much better team but if you can kind of will yourself or kind of I don't want to say confidence yourself into a victory you can Mm -hmm. elevate your game and so that's what I tried to do. But like, at the end of the day, I also knew like, we're not as good as some of these teams. Like I have to sneak up on some of these. I have to use my, I have to use my inexperience to an advantage to where there's no film out on me. There's no, like I hit differently. I serve differently than people. Like I didn't serve generically like a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was like, if I can catch a couple good serves off where they don't see them and they, they rip. But you, you're like, get, you'll get your, at least getting a couple, right? I'll get a couple and then we may be able to hold enough to win. And like, they're going to get a couple back on us. Like Drucker's going to bang a few on us. Like oh, yeah. Chris is going to bang some on us. Like Chris was a decent server at the time. Like he may have hit it straight at you, but he hit it hard and hard serves back. Well, that's then, harder still, for you too. In theory. It's um, pure experience, yeah. right? Yeah, like that's like pure I, experience against that serve. Yeah. Exactly. So I had, so it, it was a good victory for us. We ended up losing to Spicy Ruby. Andrew ends up kind of getting sick me and we play two guys in the third and fourth place game and kind of what did you do for that game so we kind of ended up forfeiting because andrew got extremely sick in the spicy ruby game um where you know whatever you think i mean i'll i'll stand to this day and you can go watch the video we were winning at like 10 we were winning like 10 8 or 10 7 or something like that and i was extremely confident like i was like Mm -hmm. we're we're gonna handle them and then dan popped off hit a couple serves and then Andrew called a timeout. Like he, he banged one on me, but then he banged one on Andrew or mm-hmm. like banged one, but then Andrew got it back and they ended up digging in and have it. We had a good rally. Remember that rally. Stuff. Yeah. 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 It was basically you, you, one by one. And uh, Andrew calls a timeout after that. And I'm like, dude, we're good. Like he hit a couple, like yeah. he's nasty. Like he's cutting them. He's ripping them. We're fine. And he's like, I can't see. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, I can't. Like, I can't see the ball. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I was like, what and he's like yeah he's like i may not make it through this game but i'm not going to forfeit because we've uh, made it this we've made yeah. it this far and at that time it was like 12 30 at night because mm-hmm. the tournament <laughs> yeah. moved back so yeah. like instead of it being like a like a 5 6 semifinals it's like a 
midnight. It was at least it was at least 11, 11 yeah. 30. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's extremely dehydrated is, is essentially what happened. Yeah. And they end up just kind of like taking over the game. And if I remember that point too, he like did a big dive over the he net. He did, like, and that's what I think he hit his head or joggled his head or something like that. And I think he was he was just done after that. And mm-hmm. like it was just unfortunate. I mean, like I said, it was it depends on who you ask. I felt very comfortable in that game, even though they beat us in two very easily. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a fun series and a fun tournament. Like I said, we ended up playing two guys. I ended up – we ended up forfeiting game two, and I ended up playing with Preston, and Andrew mm-hmm. ended up playing with Troy because Troy was a big motivator for Andrew. And so we ended up just playing like a game to 21 where me and Preston beat uh, Troy. So you won. Yeah, we won. So you got third. Tyrannos- Tyrannosaurus Pex, if Preston yeah. is watching. Tyrannosaurus Pex will live on. That was our team name. Yeah uh but uh so we did that and then um kind of yeah that was, that was the end that was the end of my like, first how season. did you like postseason so it seems like at the time right you were just kind of in it like this is just what you were doing did yeah. you reflect at all of like okay well, this is what i want to do or did you just like kind of keep going i just kind of kept going because i think i was still a little i think so i had one more year left of pt school so i was in my second to last semester so the next semester would have been my last semester and like that was the second college nationals. So I was thinking mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, okay, like I gotta win college nationals. Like we lost, like you lost to two chumps. I lost to two bums, which luckily they're good people, but no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we lost, and I was like, I kind of want revenge. And then we lost to them, you know, we lost to Spicy Ruby, who and I was like, I like I said, I felt in control of that game. And I was like, if I play college nationals, like we can beat Spicy Ruby yeah. if Andrew doesn't get dehydrated, like we'll win at college nationals. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just kind of a continuation for me of into college because then college sectionals was like right after that. So mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like a big option. Oh, right after nationals. It kind of, it kind of flowed right into sectionals. That's what's nice about the college season. It was, it was a nice, it was a nice transition where nothing really felt like an off season. So we played, went into the spring, handled our business in the college tournaments and stuff like that. I think I played one tour stop in Atlanta where Hilltop beat us, where I played probably the worst, probably one of the worst tour stop series i've ever played where hands down to them they, they i remember really that. Well and they were strong yeah, but yeah, like I, yeah. I i we should have lost in two games because i was just i was literally setting the ball into the ground i was hitting it right at them i just played really bad but we lost to them and then the next weekend or two we played at college nationals i was yeah so the, the big ones going into this so this was in columbus right so you yes. guys were coming back so mm-hmm. it I wasn't dan reading. and i because i graduated but yeah. dan was with Anthony's for Sicy yeah. Ruby, Ruby for UMass. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, right. And then there was, uh, oh, sorry, Grace, uh, uh, Schweppes. Schweppes was in it from uh, Rosedale Bible College. Yeah, Rosedale Bible. Right. So and that then, was Jesse Showalter, Micah Zimmerman. And then yeah. the other one was Grayson Ayers, who we mentioned, yeah. and Sam Constanti. Yep, from Texas. And PJ was playing. Oh, that, were, was, that was a. Yeah, you, PJ, PJ yeah. played with Asbury, and I think we ended yeah. up – yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. So but. The, the, the other thing is, like, how are you feeling? So um, in I 2017, think- right, it was it was just one bracket and you got points. So, right, like, UMass won because it had more points. Like, there wasn't right. there wasn't There a was team no bracket. second day with team brackets. It was basically just, like, where your teams finish and end mm-hmm. up. Yeah. That's how they break the points and add them up for your college so, team. So, like, basically, yeah. if you won – if your team won nationals, you basically won, won yeah. nationals yeah. for the yeah. college. But in, in 2018, um, there was an individual bracket, and then that seated you for the college bracket mm. the next day. And then th- that was when you had the squads going up yeah. against squad on squad, A1, A, or 1A, 1A. Um, 
Did that change your training? Was like, did just you and Andrew have the sole goal of winning individual or did you and UTC kind of practice a ton to win the team? We practiced a ton and we, we, we really kind of tried to foster a good group of people and we had a good, and David Gonzalez transferred in at the time. So we had a good base of people who, who could teach and play. And I was still kind of new. So I was still trying to learn stuff too, but I had this like still kind of like, um, a good experience of 2017 so I could help out some of the new guys and let them know like, how did I get better so fast versus like David and Andrew handled some of the fundamentals and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so we built up a good squad. We had three really good teams and then we had a couple teams that were, were decent and they could help us if, if we needed them, but our three were, were definitely our three best. Um, and we wanted to win both. I mean, we were, Andrew is, if any of y'all know him, he's one of the nicest laid back individuals, but if you really know him, he's one of the most competitive, confident, uh, he's, he's really, a, he's really a competitor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we're going to win both. We're going to win everything. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. let's do it. So we play, we, um, we end up having a rough pool play. Um, uh, we lose to Grayson and Sam pretty bad. Oh, cause there's a power pool. There was right. a power pool. So we, so if you won your sectional, you got into the power pool. So they, they beat us pretty bad and I was pretty pissed and I was in a bad mood. And um, then we played through bracket, handle bracket play fine. And then we match up with them again in the semifinals and then spicy Ruby and Schweppes are on the other side. So we're like, okay, this is all kind of going the way we want it to like pool play didn't work out, but once again, pool play doesn't matter. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel confident against Sam and Grayson, but they start beating us again really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. like, they're just – they're acing us. They're digging us. We're not hitting anything. At the time, Andrew wasn't a, a, a truly great threat serving-wise. He was really chalk serving. So it was really up to me to make a lot of the breaks happen and a lot of for him to make some of the defensive touches happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so we ended up getting down – I think we were down 17 to 11 in game one. And, brace yourself and and uh we ended up winning the game like 21 to 18 uh which was, thanks to andrew's defensive touches i wish <laughs> for andrew's sake that was the truth andrew was definitely my hype man he was he was the guy in my corner slapping me and pushing me and stuff so this is serve ball it, core it came out dude and um and and it was it was funny because we weren't on stream Mm-hmm. stream was Schweppes versus spicy ruby which makes a ton of sense and mm-hmm. then you just hear all this if you once again if you watch the the playbacks you hear all this screaming in the background because it's like it, it's just nuts because utc is over there supporting us mm-hmm. and you got a couple of people for ut ut dallas supporting them and everything and 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 i think i ended up breaking i think we had a couple of defensive touches but for the most part it was like there were probably like four no touch aces a couple of jammer aces a couple of defensive touches off of bad first touches stuff like that um and yeah i mean it just happened they never took a timeout or anything so it was like really crazy not the pace of play if you watch frederick play i like playing with that fast tempo like i like grabbing the ball go grabbing the ball mm-hmm. like, if you see me in the 2021 season anytime i missed a serve i turned around to an observer and grabbed the ball Grab, as fast as i could yeah yep. because i was i wanted to be in rhythm i wanted to go mm-hmm. go 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 um and uh <laughs> i mean like i think we were down 17 to 11 and then like two and a half minutes later the game was over and we had won and it was just like such a shock to their system. Were you were you just so zoned in? Like, did you did you have a come to moment after? Just locked, just locked in, and I was just like, dude, like it was kind of the same thing that I did against Grayson the year previously in mm-hmm. uh, 
in uh, Southeast regionals where it was just, I locked in and I just grabbed the ball and like I'd bang a serve and I'd grab the next ball. I'd do a different serve and it banged and then I'd grab the next ball and then do a lefty serve and it would mm -hmm. bang and then grab the next ball and then fake and hit the next one. And then <laughs> it was just one of those things where like, I just did a different single, I did a different serve every single serve for like seven or eight different serves and they mm -hmm. all led to breaks. Mm -hmm. And um, when, you, when you were doing those serves, so I'm just a quick, quick aside. What are you focusing on when you're doing your serve? Are you looking at the net? You're looking at the ball. You're not even thinking about it. Good question. I'm looking at the net. I'm looking at the part of the net I want to hit. Mm -hmm. um, Does yeah. it change for the serve? Or do you kind of mm -hmm. always have the same semi motion? Same semi motion. I thought, same, I thought I'd say, yeah. Same toss. Uh, no real deviations in anything other than just where I'm trying to hit it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and, it just worked and it just went and then we ended up making it past them beat them in game two went to game went to schweppes who beat spicy ruby and theirs kind of upset them so it was kind of a bittersweet college nationals yeah finals where it was like i wanted to beat spicy ruby like i wanted i wanted dan mcpartland i wanted anthony ranch i wanted those i wanted that but like i mean i'm definitely not disappointed beating schweppes because schweppes was a top 10 nationally ranked team mm -hmm. in the open division as well so it was a, a, a tough tough matchup and we beat them, I think, pretty handily. Like, not pretty handily, but, like, in control. You beat them good. You beat them I think good. it was, like, 19 and then 17 or something. Like, it wasn't, like, a blowout, but it was never, like, Schweppes isn't a team that gets up on you and pounds you. It was, mm -hmm. like, a, they got a break, and then they held for a long time, and then we snuck a couple breaks out and then ended up winning. But it never felt like the game was out of control. Mm -hmm. So, but that was huge. And then we won the college bracket the next day. We can skip right over us losing um and let my other two squads <laughs> our other hey two no squads you did it you did us. it for for them to have that memory right we did well i mean we were i was mentally fatigued i, I the, the two days definitely played a role in my fatigue level so they mm -hmm. they i mean they beat us and pj pj beat the brakes off of us and um and and so we lost but then our other two teams ended up picking us up and it was a pretty exciting day this it was, was incredible was, right like in, we just like hear numbers we hear easily doug lost because yeah. i mean it was peter john showalter with another asbury students so yeah. it came down to the three game right yeah the three it was the two game technically but it was oh, the, the two game. game being played yes yeah yeah so and, it, um, it came down to the middle so everyone was watching and there was probably david and it was david gonzalez was in was, that too and he did go to extras it went to game three, maybe in extras. And or maybe was, game two was extras or, or something. something. It was yeah. something oh. where, like, it was a very stressful thing where I literally – and, like, they were playing uh, Zeke Friedman and uh, Zach Webb. So they played it was good, a good, team. good teams. But, like, it was one of those things where I was like, David, you have to, like, stop being a goofball and lock in. Like, you can't mm -hmm. hit on two when, when you – when Steven sets you right over the net, like you need to make sure that we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. So when David's play, David doesn't play too hard anymore. Um, yeah. But when David is locked in, it's a sight to see. It is amazing because it just, everything looks so effortless. Everything looks so, mm -hmm. it, it honestly, he does things that nobody can do. Mm -hmm. Like I know as goofy as that sounds and there's really great players out there, but like he'll do the least likely possible shot you can hit mm -hmm. and hit it and it's like clean yeah i like, played bolivia that or was it that yeah. year or 2017 and i just was like how do you beat this these guys they're yeah. just so you yeah. just have to hope they make mistakes but they just um, do everything so clean but so we ended yeah. up winning we win the college and that was a huge memory for me as one of my favorite one of my favorite memories of brown net mm -hmm. um i ended up not really playing a whole lot over the 2018 season as well yeah. i've always been kind of known as a guy who doesn't really play a ton of <laughs> tournaments and stuff but i didn't play yeah. a whole lot i moved that summer started my my job as a physical therapist yeah. that summer after 
college nationals 2018 uh played a i think we played like a tournament and then like southeast regionals or something like that you skipped nationals and then i didn't play in nationals because i had something going on that weekend Mm -hmm. so like we didn't make a lead we didn't finish very high we we kind of just we kind of still had a good year though right oh it's still a phenomenal and to me i looked at it like it was one big year i looked at it like it was from college nationals to college nationals most people look at it from tour stop one to nationals i looked at it from college nationals at clemson tour stop season nationals and then college season to Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that's a whole arc nationals. for you. If if there was a TV show, that would be the whole arc. Is that, is your that come was my up come, that was nationals. my come up, and it was so fast and it was so rapid. I know there's a lot of people that have made some rapid come ups of like, you know, Ryder and Joe Bondi and mm-hmm. and and Gabe Finocchi and and there's a lot of people that have had these major come ups, but that was mine, and it was yeah. it was it was a lot well, of fun. It's, it's fascinating because I'm I'm gonna try to wrap up, yeah, wrap up here, um, at least for this part because it is so fascinating because right you joined the scene right or right started that competitively right and came in with a bang where it's like okay most people will know what travis core is who is he is right pretty soon right going from just starting playing to top four nationals and like um winning regionals like that's crazy i'm right i'm trying to think if anybody has ever really had that happen even Mm -hmm. even with the large rise of, of not counting the to, not counting the 2020 kind of i don't think that one counts around. because yeah. it didn't really happen and like even mm-hmm. like the utah nationals there were still only like two or three yeah teams right rider yeah i mean rider definitely finished well, rider and, and gabe, gabe, yeah. gabe yeah. played with ravi and made it to yeah. the finals and stuff yeah. but i don't think that happens i honestly don't think those the crazy thing it would kind of just be strange back in the day their crazy run at uh at nationals but that's kind of a different thing Right. When they just got second out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But so to wrap up here, right, that kind of was your arc going mm-hmm. through. And Absolutely. it's funny looking back because um one that was at the time, right, that felt relatively late, later to the scene. But since then, but you really just jumped in. And then what's crazy is right, the next season, which we will get into in a part two, right, was you joined Jared Rouse. Oh, so yeah. you so and that and then right. That's a whole different era. It's kind of like you just inserted yourself right into the top level, kind of out of nowhere, right? It makes sense looking back, but it also looks like that was ridiculous. It didn't, it was not normal because like at the time, the entry for new players to get to the top wasn't as high as it is now where like the, like you have this fresh, this fresh guard, this new guard that's coming in, hitting reverse cuts, you know, the wonky mm-hmm. sauces, the Bali Lamas, the, mm-hmm. the Gabe's, the riders, the, 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 the everybody like kind of just steps in and once you, they get like, that's the norm now is you learn how to serve and you get in. And mm-hmm. like, that was where I started was I learned how to serve and I got in. That's the thing, so, but like, you kind of pushed, you pushed the game and you pushed yourselves. You're like, Hey guys, I'm just going to get really good at serving on top of your, on top really of while I was grinding the other right? stuff. Yes. And, I, and, and I was trying to get better. I didn't devalue the other things, but I mm-hmm. knew that the fastest way to relevancy for me was to get breaks as fast mm-hmm. as I could. Yeah, you I were got, one of the original people to really use the serve ball st- st- like growth strategy we see today right yeah absolutely like it didn't happen now it happens pretty much like you see it every other tournament now where Mm -hmm. a new team steps out or you know a new player becomes relevant or gets on the or gets noticed because they 
have a really big serving run. They may not win the tournament or whatever, but you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be crazy in another tournament or two. And that was kind of how, like I said, I kind of feel like that was my addition to the sport was Mm -hmm. I paved or trailblazed that path for all these new guys, which I think is kind of fun and kind of, it, it was really interesting this season. It was a real big reflection for me because I was not one of those surf ballers. Mm-hmm. I was one of the OGs that was hanging on to dear life. I was hanging on to a surf baller yeah. to, to help me with some of the parts of the game that I was, you know, that had passed me up. And I was like, okay, like this is a real kind of a nice little, uh, a nice little arc, like you said, mm-hmm. of, of seeing somebody and like I try to help them the same way that Andrew Card tried to help me mm-hmm. um, guide me through as a serve baller working on his skills. So, well, that's fascinating. And we will definitely do a second part because we got 2019 and we can dig into 2021. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Uh, but thank you, Trevor. Is there anything you wanted to, uh, to say here at the end? Um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to part two. I know me and Mike have definitely got deep. We've had, I wish we would have been recorded on some of our deeper conversations that we've had after tournaments and at, you know, meetups and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because, uh, I think me and Mike see a lot of things differently than a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. realize we're both kind of quiet guys and we're both, I think we both talk well in front of the, uh, in front of the camera, but I think when we get to talk to each other one-on-one it's 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 a very we get deep mm-hmm. sometimes yeah we I'm just talk about hoping part two gets a little deeper thing, yeah, as we'll we get, say, because part one was really kind of my introduction to the sport but i think part two is going to be kind of like how my life and the sport have kind mm-hmm. of um grown and as i become a a, a grown man at this point 28 years old mm-hmm. like how playing a sport like this with um you know like a family and and a, and a career and, and everything. And there's a couple other guys in the community that are like that. But I think me and Mike have had some conversations about that with, with balancing life and, and round net and weekend travels and mm-hmm. pick up after work and stuff like that. I think it's been, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping we get into that stuff in, in part two. Yeah. Let's say here, this was, uh, your origin story, getting your arc, it. how you got the, here the, next time we'll talk the original serve baller i think yeah. that should be the title the the og the og serve baller. The og serve baller we're set the tone here and we'll join back and we will make sure to get into that stuff and give cool. them some inklings of our conversations because i agree that's why i want to have you on is uh we can just talk for absolutely oh way long it's like travis you probably go play your game now yeah <laughs> right yeah i was like uh nora's yelling at me mike i gotta yeah. go play there you go but all right thank you travick yeah, travick i kind of like that that's okay. Yeah, Travis. Uh, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm Absolutely. ready for the next one. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah. All right. See you, Mike. See you, Trav. And that concludes this episode of Roundnet Legends. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Travis, and I'm very excited to continue where we left off next time. Like I said before, I encourage you to follow Lefty on 2 on Instagram. That's where you can keep up with everything Lefty on 2 so you don't miss it. But that's all I got for you today. I've been Mike White. Thanks for listening.